Momentum Volleyball is the online Canadian hub for volleyball storytelling, reporting, and event coverage, allowing content creators to connect with fans, coaches, and players. Momentum is the hub for athletes, coaches, and fans to find free and paid volleyball content, and we are proud to be the voice of Canadian volleyball around the world. Head to MomentumVolleyball.ca to subscribe for free and get access to exclusive content and all your Canadian volleyball updates. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, welcome back to the show. We've got what I hope is going to be an exciting show for you today. I'm looking forward to talking to our guest today. Before we get into that, though, Josh, I got to remind the folks, we are on YouTube on Sharp Cuts Volleyball. We had a few comments on our last video that I like to do a little shout out here in hopes of, you know, getting the folks going with the comments. So, you know, we had Derek Deadman from Dead Man's Beach, who, Josh, you're repping the gear that he sent us. We, you will always shirt. get a shout out if you send us gear. It is a guarantee, like 100%. I mean, and I'm not going to be shy about that. Send us free stuff. But said, glad to hear, Gar- he invited me to Ottawa to play, but then I can exchange for a smaller size. This stuff actually fits me. Also said he would take Jordan Canham and... And the Can West All Star team all day from our last week conversation. If you didn't hear that, we talked about who was better, Can West All Star team or Ontario All Star team. We'll get to that. Um, and another comment from Tim Stubbs: Good stuff, boys. Got laundry done, swept the apartment, and made dinner thanks to the show. Wife truly endorses Sharp Cuts, which is an absolute applause immediately. Thank you, Tim, for the comment, and thank you, Tim's wife, for approving Sharp Cuts. We. We can't thank you enough. I don't know what you all are thinking. Anyways, let's get to the show. <laughs> enough delay. Um, so today with us, our guest is Simon Facteau-Boutin, a uh, longtime beat volleyball national team member. Welcome to the show, Simon. Now, we got to get right, right to it. Because last week, Josh was talking a lot of game. And the week before, you were spitting a lot of, a lot of game, Josh. Last week, you were you were chirping the Quebec University League and the AUS saying they don't matter. So one, one strike. Two, you had said two weeks ago that Carl de Grandpre was like 25 years old and oh, he's too old and you can't have these men playing in the University League. So we figured we'd have Simone to hopefully lay the smack down and show you your place. But Simone, just your thoughts hearing those two blasphemous comments from Josh Nickel. Oof. Well, you know what? The Quebec League is always an easy target for folks in Ontario, so I'm not, I'm not really surprised. You get a lot of heat from us, eh? Yeah, it's okay. We can, we can take it. Um, well, if I'm not mistaken, like I never heard anyone complain about the fact that people in Quebec can play in Cégep and then in university. It's part of the rules, and no one complains. So I don't see what was the problem with it. So and- an immediate great point by Simon, because Josh, in your two comments, you said that the league wouldn't be competitive in an all-star competition, but that also it somehow didn't make sense that an adult man is playing in the league. I don't think those two things go together. No, absolutely. I think like Garrett, with you being a Birchmount guy, this goes back to the argument of like, do we let sports specific schools compete at offset? It didn't become a problem until they were winning. So this sage up to to RSEQ thing doesn't matter until they start winning more national titles. Yikes. Then people will get upset, right? Yikes. It's the winning that solves. If you're just participating, nobody cares, Garrett. That's a deep cut, Simone. <laughs> okay. So uh, football, Laval wins. Most of the time, I think we can all agree with that, with the same rules. And all I hear is that Laval has the best football program in the country. They're so good. They're so great. And no one complains about their age. When you say no one, I don't think that's true. Well, but Simone, Simone's bringing logic to this argument, and that just raises the intelligence level immediately, saying nobody complains about that. I mean, not nobody, but not a lot of people. Like, let's be honest. Who's really complaining about that? Okay, before we get to uh, my wife just complained that I speak too loud. So uh, if I get too excited, please bring me back to. Okay. Uh, well, that actually goes completely counter to the show. And but I mean, I know we have know. one wife approval so far on the show, one life disapproval. So, OK, we're balanced out. 
Um, we'll try not to get you too excited here, Samal, although it's going to be tough right. with Josh laying these chirps, I know, man. I know. Harsh. I know. So just because it's allowed, that's my argument. It, when Simone messaged me, he said it, it's allowed. It's within the rules. I'm not arguing it's within the rules. I just think it's stupid. Like, I, I'm not arguing that, like, it, he's breaking a rule or anything. I just don't think it's that impressive that a 25-year-old was the best player in the country playing against 20-year-olds. I just, I'm not that wowed. It's like when Ichiro was the rookie of the year in Major League Baseball, but he played in Japan for, like, the first 10 years of his career, and he was 28. Like, this stuff just doesn't wow me is all I'm saying. I don't think the intention of Sajep, I understand that it does take away, like, grade 12. Maybe, Sim, you could explain to that. But I don't think the intention is to go to Limalu for four years and then go to Laval for five years and be that old playing university sports i don't think that's what sports are i don't think that's what university's for so and, and the other thing that grinds my gears is the national team coach there's so many good players in quebec that we will never get until they're 26 or 27 and how old were the guys when at the olympics this year they were 25 they were 26 they were like they're, they're young guys and we're not getting these quebec guys in time sim because you guys you guys stay in school too long you really need to drop out faster and come to the national team <laughs> okay first correction we we can play eight years total so, I mean, if you play four years in Sajab, then you're allowed only four in university. Most of the guys, they do a two-year program in Sajab in three years, so they can play eight, three in Sajab, five, five in university. Um, honestly, I, I feel that is good for player development. Like, the guys are just more ready, and if they want to join the national team, nothing prevents them to join the national team before. Player development for what? The only guy who's on the national team is Nick Hogan. He played three years of Sajip. He didn't play university. Carl didn't go on to the national hey, team. He had a full-time hey, job. Hey, hey, easy there, big shooter. Well, okay? what are we developing for? Hey, what, what? Well, hey, just because it hasn't happened or it's not, there's a, not a ton of examples doesn't mean it's not the right way to do things necessarily. <laughs> Come on. Exactly. Don't you think it would be better if everyone in the country could play Sajip college and that doesn't count for their eligibility for university? I think no, that'd be the best that, case scenario. That, that goes against my point that five of the six medalists at the men's beach Olympics this year were under the age of 26. If you guys aren't starting your professional careers till you're 27 or 28, I, I'm sick of hearing that beach is such a late developing sport. It's not like the medalist, it, it proofs in the pudding, check their birth certificates. Like it's, you, you need to be professional. You need to be on tour before this stuff happens. You can't start your tour career at 30 and expect to be a gold medalist. Yeah. So are those 25, yeah, the 26 Ameri the American? Like, are they in university? <laughs> the, the Americans, if John uh, uh, Garrett's biological father were here, he would tell you, you know, I didn't see them on the podium this year. I didn't really see them in the semifinals. You know, I, I didn't oh, really see them there. Oh, so. you're you bringing that back after he buried us with it. And then you're going to bring it back. Oh, come on. <laughs> Recycling arguments. Like, what? those guys are 25, 26. That. Are they in university, Josh? Like, did they see, go to university? That's where I, I, I'm don't know well enough to argue i don't know the european system i don't know if the norwegians or the qatar guys went to post-secondary i don't even know what their system is but uh i i don't want to say that stoyanowski attended university because it feels like he's been on tour since he was like 18 so it's a good point just think about your life though like the life direction like Sejep, correct me simo is is it free yeah, well almost it's probably three 300 a semester like it's fairly okay. so you have this highly subsidized education that you can do for a few years after high school think about all the players that we get josh and we've seen and some you've seen these guys too they come out they're in university at 18 they have no idea what they are doing what they want to do with their life i mean i was the same like the program i was in at 18 is not what i'm doing with my life now you know what I mean? Where if, if I could have a three-year sage yet, I play play my sport there, develop, then go to university where I'm actually trying to, you know, find a career path. And maybe university is not for me. Maybe I do that and I realize university is not for me. I'm going to go play pro maybe. Like I, that's still an option. It's not like that Jared, couldn't happen. Jared, if you talk about all the stuff that Quebec do better than all the other provinces, we're going to be here all day. So. Well, hey, that I mean, <laughs> that was <laughs> – so they do everything better than the other provinces except for putting players on the national team. I guess. I guess. That's the uh, only problem. 
Maybe it's that <laughs> because the, they choose like Charles not to. So I was just about to say that, Samal. You read my mind. Maybe these players from Quebec they take the three years in Sajep. It's all serious. Like, oh, if I don't win the Sajep championship, what am I going to do with the rest of my like? Remember how we were in Club 18U or like the you know, Oh, this is the rest of my life. And then they graduate and they go. Oh, yeah, like sport isn't really that important in my life. I actually can't make that much money being a professional volleyball player. Maybe I'll go do something else with my life instead. That You got to compete with life, Josh. And I think life wins most times. Not every time. For sure. So so help me out. What do you study at Sage Up? Like, do you, does everyone go Sage Up then university? Or can you join the workforce in your career after Sage Up? Like, what are you earning as a, as a diploma, a degree, whatever it might be? Two options. You can do the pre-university program that are meant to go to university after, or you can do a program that leads directly to a job that are three or four years. So it's very similar to college, except there's the pre-university program. Interesting. Now, now remind me, the last time Laval won a national championship, I believe they had the Lorty brothers who were from Ontario and did not attend Sage yet before going to Laval. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Okay, so they can they can just play normally. Yeah, but hold on, like. hold on, <laughs> rewind from that. It's true they had some Ontario boys on that squad, but their their star, come on, was the guy who was having a balls hit over top of him Yo, by the guy after, we talked after. about last time. It absolutely was him, Mondu. Yes, absolutely. Mondu spent a year getting a balls hit over top him by the guy you said shouldn't be in the league or because of Sajep. Then the very next year, he's the player of the year. I think if that doesn't prove the point that it's valuable, I don't know what does. So we're not talking about Carl anymore. We're talking about when Laval hosted and the gym was rocking and it was full. Like you're you're talking that year, right? Like when Bruno yes. Lordy was doing the double knee pad slide every point. Yes, their P1 was Mondu. Yeah. Who the year before didn't get set in the front row because they'd set the other power hitter in the back row like the very year before and he's the player of the year josh what are you talking about you're on garrett what side were you on i forget now i'm uh i don't know actually i haven't really weighed in here (laughs) i've i've made I'll, i'll give a sharp cut i think um i think it is a bit unfair the age thing for sure and i think Quebec definitely has an advantage in that playing. If I had the chance as a man, as a university, like a, an adult to play university volleyball, I would be wiping the floor with these idiots. And I think you saw that with some of the better teams that Quebec produces. They absolutely did that. Like it's men. They know what they're doing. Like, whereas in Ontario, if you max out your five years, you're, you're playing your last year at 22, 23. So like you're you're probably pretty mature, but like it's, you just can't compete as much with some of these other guys who are in their second, third year who are adult men like ready to compete, which I just I think it's undervalued that extra few years. And I think I would rather see the other provinces allow for you to have more years, like say, go do a two year college program, then go to university. Like, why the hell not? You can play that. What's 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 that going to break? Nothing, right? Yeah, Josh, are you against education? <laughs> that that is a good twist. Good yeah. twist, Simon. That's I well played, well played. No, I'm not. I'm just as a former OCAA coach, I was always counting eligibility, and they only get five years, even if they go NCAA or they go OUA or they do this. Where you guys just have this infinity card. It looks like where you can just play as long as you want and forever you want. But that's an interesting point, Garrett. Would the CCAA and U Sports not connect, or would you do eight years total? Like like because I I think Sage Up gets the exception because it is grade twelve, literally, right, Sim? So I think like it's just yeah, a younger we, we thing. At 17. So I agree that it, they should get that buffer. But I, yeah, Garrett, let's make it eight for everybody. Well, yeah, like why the hell not? Yeah. Well, or you say your college and university years don't or don't count, cancel each other out. Yeah. So, you know, that would raise the level of both leagues because then you may have these guys who went to university go do a one or two year college postgraduate certificate program. And now they're raising the level of those leagues. Vice versa, you get these college players who go four years and then maybe want to brush up with some university education. They flip over. Now you get some good players in that league. Like, I don't see how it doesn't make sense to do that. 
And if guys, education is the point here, Garrett, but you and I both know we competed against another school in the GTA and there was guys leaving against this college after five years and they didn't have a general arts degree. They were literally there playing volleyball. Like they didn't leave with like this two year program and then this three year program. They left being a fifth year general arts student. So there's got to be a way to police it that you're actually getting an education and you're not just there to play a, a decent level of volleyball and then be unemployable after. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a simple well, you, solution. You will never escape that kind of. Well, well but you, just you can volleyball. Like people in Quebec with the eight years, I still know guys that I don't really know what they did in Cégep in university, right. but they played for eight years. But so <laughs> you can't go to university though. Like what if you play two years, three years in Cégep, don't graduate, then go to university? I believe you need to do one year of I don't know. And pass courses that. or classes to a level, yeah, pass that, yeah. and then you can get into a program. Yeah. And you can play while you do that here. So simple Same way to fix guys it. that come from Ontario, they need to do one year of general classes before they get into a program. Right. So simple fix, Josh. If you graduate, you get four more years. Let's do it. Like, what? what is this? Oh, you got, we have, you have the exact amount of eligibility as the years your program will take. I have four, I had four years. I had a four-year degree. I graduated. I got a fifth year. Like, what do I need that for? I'm glad you brought that up, Garrett, because I misspoke on the show. I thought you had to complete your five years under a certain amount of time. Garrett, you're still eligible. Let's go. Sports for the Let's go. It's Simone, five years, whatever. Simone, apparently. do you have any years left? I doubt it. Cause you probably played like 10 years, right? No, <laughs> technically, I played two years at Jeff three of university. That's so how we got him on the beach. Let's actually. go, buddy. Let's go. Me and Simone, we're going to hit up some team. Well, I don't live in Toronto anymore. I live in Vancouver. So <laughs> I'm in the Can West, Josh. That's why I was going so hard for the Can West All-Star team last time. Speaking I mean, of which, we need Simone's defense for the Quebec and AUS divisions <laughs> here because we totally snubbed them last week. If you didn't listen to the conversation – Link is in the description if you're on YouTube. I mean, you could probably easily find it on the podcast. But we were talking about what would happen between two all-star teams, one from Can West taking on one from Ontario in the university leagues. And the framing of the question left out the other provinces. And I wondered your thoughts on that, Simone. It's a good, good question. I feel that. Well, in Ontario and in Can West, there's way more teams. So sometimes it's Talent is not in one or two teams, which could lead to an advantage to say to those two leagues. Like in Quebec and uh, the Maritime Provinces, like usually they're all in one team. Like in, in in Quebec, I think it's more balanced this year. I think that Laval, Sherbrooke, and and uh, Montreal, they, they all have good good teams. But generally, for many years, I think the all the all-star team was in Laval, but it's not the case anymore. But I don't know. I feel it. There's one way to to know it to, to make it happen. That'd be so interesting to like to run a like an all-star game or three-team tournament. That'd be that'd be amazing. Yeah, like, what are we doing here? Are we? We're totally missing the boat here. Like, we pick all-stars at the end of every year for a reason. They do it by position. Like they do it. They do a first team and a second team. You take those players, that's your squad. <laughs> Go and play it out. Yeah. So the Sharp Cuts Bonanza will be the Tuesday the after Sharp National Cuts this year. Bonanza. <laughs> and we'll only invite people there. And and if you if your team didn't compete at Nationals and you're still an all-star, you gotta find your own way there because we're not gonna fly you in. We don't have any money. Yeah, what but you, we're gonna find a gym get? and we're gonna make this happen, Garrett. Yeah, like we don't have money. You're gonna fly you out there. It's convenience. And then actually on the Monday is for all those people who just are there, and it's a short court competition to really get you get one all-star for the short court winner. I mean, it's the Sharp Cuts Bonanza. Yeah. We have no yeah, funding for this, by the way. Yeah. Our, our budget is $0. So, so, so Simone, <laughs> let's answer this because, uh, you know, sometimes on the show we have to get spicy and you have to be decisive. Okay. So, Garrett, I'm, what? I'm okay with St- spoken from the king fence sitter over here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, I think Can West, it would take their third team if you went like their best seven, seven, seven. I think it would take their third team for the OUA to win that all star game. In your opinion, would Quebec beat Can West one, two, three, four? Where do you think they rank up? Because I think we would all agree that Canada West is winning this all star game. Yes. 
Um, good question. If I would go to the second or the third team, I'd say I'd say second or fourth, man. I mean, you could go further. (laughs) Fifth. I mean, hey, why stop there? And are we including Dal and UNB with the Quebec team because they're all one league technically, right? So the AUS is gone. Okay, RIP. Just (laughs) what? No, it's uh. I don't know. The, the only way would be to make it happen. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's hard, hard to tell because who would get like the chemistry of all the players together? There's a lot of talent, but if you don't like bring it together, it won't work. It's true. That's what Zane said about Ontario. He said if they had Ian, Ian Ebbett on the staff, he would do some team building magic and he would make it work. Where I'm just saying yeah. any team with Jackson Howe and the Elster brothers is going to win. Yeah, I mean, we've gone a long way through the episode without actually naming many names. And uh, you've lost me now, Josh. But uh, I mean, I think it would be Ontario versus the Eastern Provinces in the semi. Can West gets a bye to the final, right? And then you, you got to play to see who gets that match, right? I mean, th- or Can West enters two teams and we just do both semis, I think. Can- <laughs> or the national champion get a berth in that tournament. Well, but Can West would play Can West in the final. We've already we've already decided that's what we think would happen. Ah, <laughs> oh, that doesn't make sense. Now, here's an extension of that question. I don't know if we have any listeners in the U.S. If you are, hit us up in the comments below. We need to know who you are. Um, thank you for listening to this Canadian show. Like, what are what are you doing? But thank you. Would a Canadian university all star team? How would that that team do in the NCAA division? When you say division, like they're going to play against UCLA and Lewis, they're, and in, all the, these they're in the league. I think our All Star team. I think we proved at Can Am when the Shermers ran that great tournament that like our top teams are available at their top teams. Like I, I know it was an exhibition, and the NCAA guys were just getting started when we were on like our holiday break. But I thought the level was quite comparable. If not, I, I would take Canada. Okay, so you're thinking top four. One yeah. top one, top four. I Let's say they make the semis, and then anything happens. Yeah. I. Uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not sure. I think the level is is higher in the U.S. I think that like our all star team could. Well, I don't know if they would reach the final four in the U.S. I I agree with Simone. Like you look at some of the big units on every team, and we've maybe got a couple of big units in the country. You know what I mean? By big units, I'm talking like six, nine plus left sides who can pass. Like we, we just don't have that really. Yeah. But I think when you look at it, when Ohio state does really well in their division, they play McMaster every exhibition season. And it's usually a split, uh, at this Can-Am tournament, Trinity handled UCLA. They beat down on Lewis. Like those are top teams in the NCAA. So you're telling me we get an all-star team against their like university teams. I I think we're a medal. Hey, so how did those teams do in the NCAA division? Well, the COVID kind of ended it, but uh, I think Hawaii wasn't there. Hawaii would have been like the the stud team. I think that year they they were there on pace for it. Um, and that's at the beginning of their season. Their team is freshly that's a formed, and that's in the middle of our season, right? Yes, and and I know like some people are going to roll their eyes at me, but I honestly believe the ball does make a little bit of difference. Like they play with that. I'm rolling that my eyes crack. at you. I know our audience listening can't see me, but I'm I'm physically rolling my eyes at you. The ball, come off it. You don't think the Mikasa and the Molten behave differently? I think, just not skilled enough, Garrett, to know the difference. I, I think they behave slightly <laughs> differently, but I don't think it's going to make a difference at all. Two, three points. Maybe that's all it takes. Yeah, I, do, I don't agree at all. I think it makes a zero to one point difference. Like you're telling me a pro team is going to go out there and go, oh, we would have had that point if it was the other ball. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have shanked that one if it was the other ball. Get on the bench. You're making excuses, rookie. At, at the highest level, it's going to come down to serve pass, and the Mikasa behaves way differently when you serve it than the Molten does. Okay, I would agree with Josh if you would talk about the beach Mikasa and the old Molten. I would totally agree. I would too. For indoor, but for indoor, I, I don't think the ball like makes a huge difference. Like, Nobody in the NCAA floats serves. 
Two on one, Josh, take it. <laughs> well, let's get into the comments. I, I don't feel like I'm alone on this one. I'm just saying is just the NCAA guys are so much more athletic than our guys that they don't float serve because they're so athletic and they're spin serving. Or you can't float a Mikasa, or a Molten, excuse me, and that's why you crack on it and hit it because you can actually hit it harder than the Mikasa ball. The Molten is better to spin serve. Yeah, like that may be okay. true, but I still don't think that's making a difference. Like guys who have a good float, I have a good float with the molten. It's not like it cancels the float. And guys with the good spins with the Mikasa, they're still ripping good spins. Like my only examples is the international tournaments when the best players in the world were using the Mikasa ball, ripping aces with spin serves. Like it's not like it's not. What possible. international are you comparing with? They all use the same ball. Well, but that's what I'm saying. They use that ball. It's not like playing with the Mikasa takes away your spin serve at all. No, but you're, you don't have a reference where like two leagues have met and they're playing with a different ball. No, you only have that in well, Canadian post-secondary. They, they play with Molten, right? Some of the league in Europe, do they all play with Mikasa? No, it's just a different color Mikasa. Mm. Okay. Listen. Which kind of fools your eyes a little bit. You're like, oh, that's a different ball. It's not a different yeah, ball. Yeah, I don't think the ball is different enough. Simone's example, I think, is a good one. Because the beach Mikasa versus the beach Molten, that's like the difference yeah. between playing with a baseball or a freaking like tether ball. It's that different in texture. It's like one is light as a feather and the other one is a ball. Like there's no comparison. Oh, the one would totally change the game. With the Molten, you got a good spin serve. There's a little bit of wind. Game changer. For sure. So I don't don't like the ball comment. Uh, To recycle it back to the actual point which i think we've lost but i think yeah i think canada's all-star team would do pretty good i don't think top four i think uh maybe top four like i think that would be the line is like do they win that quarterfinal right then again though if you win a quarterfinal you could win a semi like it's pretty deep so it's not like it's you know do we not beat the u.s at the youth event in norseka this year like i don't understand why you're hyping up the ncaa like it's the be-all end-all i think like internationally we've thumped them the last few times and at this can-am tournament we were more competitive than they were what's the youth event though like under 21 yeah well that's university age unless you're from quebec that's university age. Well, but hold on though because if i go to the u.s <laughs> and i redshirt for my first year and then play five years in my last year i'm 23 24 you can't and, play five years in the NCAA. You can only play four. And they start their university a year. a year after us in some cases. So their first year university players are a year older. So you think TJ DeFalco was really good because he was older than everybody else? No, I think he's very good. But he is a year older than everybody else. <laughs> is it like that that cohort anyway? Like my roommate at university, shout out Doug Ostrom, was a year older than me. We're both first years, right? Like, because their school age is slightly different. I don't think we're going to solve this, though. Let's be honest. Comment below. Help me out here. Comment below. No, no, no. No, okay. We're going to get maybe one comment, and it's not going to break the ice. It's going to be somebody who didn't even make it this far. Um, So I did have another topic I wanted to talk about that we'll maybe get into, because I'm curious, because... Simone, I know you've lingered around at a high level a lot longer than I have for sure. But the other night, last night, actually, I hopped into a rec scene. I'm playing rec volleyball with a bunch of people who like never played club, but who just have who've played for 15 years. And I noticed some things that I love, Josh. And I think my my motivation behind this topic was really just chirping the shit out of the high performance scene in Canada when compared to the rec scene in Canada. And I don't know how much experience you guys have with the rec scene. Like how often have you gone out and played rec volleyball with strangers? It's been a while. Yeah. No, yeah. So that, even remember. that is way too little. Like that scene is the volleyball people in Canada. Like, Think about the percentage of people who love and enjoy volleyball. It is maybe 1% people who play high performance and 99% people who have no idea what that is. And they go play at their gym on a Tuesday night, right? So I'm there and everybody is so damn positive and so damn excited to be there that the atmosphere is just happy, Josh. Like 
get this. And I, this is going to say, I mean, maybe I, well, I'm interested to see how it sounds to me. It was crazy. People mid game in a competitive game, like mid rally shouting out encouragement across the net to players who making a great play on the other side of the net. It was just wild to me. Like it's something I really have never seen in my life. And I go into a rec scene first night within the first five points. Somebody's, oh, great pass. Oh, great dig. Oh, yeah, nice hit. And I was just like, we need more of this. Well, I can agree that when you play at a higher level, that sometimes you lose some of the appreciation that you have for the game. And that, honestly, I think about it. Like I play beach at a high level. I try to practice to get better, but I see some people at the beach and I feel like they've played way more hours like in the last year than I did because they like to come to the beach, play for four or five hours. They do it nonstop and are trying to um, work, family, everything. And then I, uh, it's my, uh, my trainer, JP Moazan, that did an Instagram live with Casey Patterson recently. And Casey described his life as a tornado. And once in a while, he would land on the beach, practice, and then go back into the tornado. And I was like, okay, I can relate to that a little bit. But I feel that for some of the high-level players, that, that's it. Like, they practice for two hours, then they go to the gym, they have something else to do. So they don't have that appreciation of, of staying at the beach for eight hours and playing nonstop and just be happy with every pass, dig, set, hit, and, and everything. So, yeah. I agree with Jared that there's a lot of positivity in, in that environment. Simone, bring in some freaking wisdom, buddy. Like, what the heck, man? Like that. Like that I was, I was kind of speaking from a shallow perspective, but you took it to a deeper level with those comments. Like appreciation. Oh my goodness! Like, are we going here? Let's go. I mean, like, I feel that too, though, Simone. Like in my last few years. You're going to the same thing. You're going in there. It's the same environment. Like it becomes more and more difficult to like find the enjoyment. Like you're doing this because you love it, right? Right? Like that. It's what, oh, it's so difficult to remember that and feel that every day. And like, Josh, you don't even get to pass a ball. Like, are you going into work every day being like, (laughs) oh, I love this sport every single moment? Like it's tough, man. I, I should. You're, you're right. Simone's definitely shining a light on this because I can think like when I'm going to Ashbridge's and we got that eight o'clock practice and you're kind of like, uh, and the players are like, uh, but then you look down the beach and there's like people playing who have to go to work right after, but they woke up early. They organized their friends. They, they got to the beach and they're going to play as long as they can. Yeah, who likes volleyball work? Who likes yeah. it more? Them or you? No serious <laughs> question though. Who likes it more? I think I still win, but the, they're definitely they're, they're, they're getting more joy out of it. I think I like it more. They're definitely experiencing the more highs off it than I am. Then they like it more. I don't, I don't see that. Isn't that what I don't, I don't get it. Like no, these because people are not going home and watching video and learning players names and trying to figure out how to beat Poland and all that. that that's the real fun stuff. You know, they're going to their cubicle, waiting to go back to the beach. That, that can bring an interesting question. Um, like, what's the best way to accomplish yourself as a beach volleyball player through a training environment, or like you say in Florida or California, when they just show up on the beach and they they play, they like they, that's their practice, right? That's how they used to do it back then. The pros would just show up at the beach and play all day, and then go play the ABP tournament. Uh, like. It, for certain people, would it be a better way to get to a higher level than being in a training environment? Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to take it there, Simo. So you kind of read my mind as well, but I was going to subway it and with a much, much sharper cut at Josh. But I mean, I see you didn't take it fully there. But yeah, like, it's true. I'm looking at these people and it's like, they maybe love volleyball more than me. Like the feeling they get from making a good pass or like getting up and hitting one that doesn't touch the top of the tape and lands in the court or like making a great dig or something. They enjoy that more, more than I do. Like, and I'm supposed to like, I'm supposed to love volleyball more than anybody else. Right. Like, isn't that, and, but they're not, I mean, they're not better than they never got better than like me or other great players, but it is a good question. Like, if we had more fostering of the love of the game, 
would that take us further in our careers and aspirations for the sport, Josh? I think, well, absolutely. When you talk about love and joy, like absolutely, there's no question there. But I, I think if you're just talking like hours of play that I think that's been totally disproven. We're not just looking for 10,000 hours. You're looking for deliberate practice and you're looking for training. Like there are tons of people who play volleyball every week or hockey or soccer, whatever their activity is. They're not getting better. They're, they're out there to get you know, exercise, they're out there to be social, they're out there to do stuff. Like if you want to be a high performer, I think you need to focus. There needs to be feedback loops. Like there needs to be stuff you're working on. I'm not saying that we couldn't meet them more in the middle. I think our players could use a little bit more joy. I could use more joy, but I think if you're talking about being the best in the world at something, then it has to be treated a little bit more like a job and a little bit more focused than just like, Oh, I can't wait to go to the beach after work. Not sure. I was suggesting to not treat it like a job and treat it professionally, but like athletes, do you think the best athletes to extend your point, Josh or uh, Simon to extend that point? Do you think the people winning the gold medal, the Olympics and in the final and they're the top players in the world are excited for every pass, every hit, every nice crisp roll shot. Like are they loving it as much as the people who get out and play two or three times a week in their weeknights and their off time? Well, Obviously, when like like the same mole and Thorum, the number of times they they won game or mole got a big slam block, like it cannot be the same excitement as someone who like missed eight out of ten time on his bike and then get a good one. That's for sure you're excited because you don't do it really often. At, at a high level, sometimes it's I don't know, it's more consistency on, on what you do, but it's. Um, like you cannot be the same excitement because you, like you're technically you're supposed to do it, right? Yes, but I, I'm in this rec scene, and anecdotally, of course, this is in general. But I'm I'm playing with people, and this guy, John, uh, it's a pretty general name, gets up and hits one, comes down and celebrates, and this guy is late forties, probably like fifties, maybe. And he's obviously been doing this for like 30, maybe 40 years and looks like a kid out there, like excited for his first spike. And it's like, where the hell does that come from? Like where, where, or where does that disappear from in the players who play like at a super high level for a long period of time? I definitely felt that, right? Like going to practice every day. Am I as excited to do this as I would be when I was as a kid? Or if I was just going to hack around with my buddies, like, I don't know. Where does it go, Josh? That that's a great question. I don't have the answer. If you find what? it, let me know. Like, Get the answer, Josh. Know. Oh, that's that's a tough one. So I didn't. Is, is it the obligation here, that makes it makes it feel like work that you have to do it versus like you're you're finding free time to go do it i don't know i don't know this Maybe. is i like when you get excited like this garrett because when you first got the george brown job i remember talking to you about it and you weren't really familiar with the college scene or, or the ocaa and you're like i love it these guys show up to practice every day they love volleyball they celebrate like they don't they don't know that there's like another level beyond this they, they to them that friday night game in the, in the saint james gym is like the thing to do right they don't know that like they're, they're never going to play professionally or they're not going to do this or whatever like they just just love showing up and competing and they love like their caliber of play. Yeah. Like my favorite players. I don't know if you can relate to this, Simone, but Mark, Heese used to always tell me like, look at other players and take something you like that about them and bring it on yourself. Like embody that, like yeah. steal it. Like they do that, take it. And I, I definitely heard that, but I think his intent was to look at the best players or good players and take that. But I always looked at the worst players, like, crappy players or players who are mediocre or whatever, who had something that I just really liked about them and that I would try to embody. Um, I'll give you an example. And I, I don't know how many names I want to drop here just in case, I, but there was a youth player who was on the team Ontario um, who was average, like an average player, average height, like just average in every way. But except this guy was uberly positive and excited to play the sport and this it could be out in the rain it could be you're in a consolation game like it didn't matter what game this guy was playing in he was always just so excited so supportive for his partner and every time i saw this guy he just had a smile on his face i was like damn like i want to be like that i don't know if you ever 
like did that Simone did you ever like look at other players that way and try to take that stuff on yeah I, I agree that sometimes you look at uh, yeah other players and like okay you don't have a lot going on for yourself volleyball wise but you still <laughs> enjoy it so not but it, it gives you now but you know, let's be honest and some and then they like all right so it, it puts you back into a space that you should appreciate what you do and what you have and go for it but yeah no i'm i get that nowadays athletes like you see more like problem with with mental health and the, the love of the game and we see it with uh, naomi osaka and tennis and we'll have to bring the montreal canadian with the joe wine and missed a part of the season just because it wasn't in the right uh headspace to, to do it anxiety and all of that so damn i'm Maybe that's what happened in Quebec. They, they, they lose the love of the game. After they play too long. <laughs> they play for too long. They fall out of love. I don't know if Carl will ever listen to, to the podcast, but Carl is the guy that played so much volleyball go, like growing up. Like He would play university, then go to the youth, the junior national team, and then he, he played beach for a while. He went nonstop for, for like, I don't know how many years that at some point, like, yeah, when he retired, like go, going to practice, he didn't enjoy it. He didn't want to, like, he loved to play and compete, but like, it was just too much. Yeah, so, I, I can yeah, relate I a lot know. to that. Well, yeah. So when I, in my, I'm in this rec scene, it's invigorating me, man. Like, I, I'm like, damn, th- this sport is great. Look what it can do to people. Like, having fun out here is like, love it. I don't know. Josh, maybe we should make it a mandate that you've got to go play rec league with a bunch of random adults once a week and just play with them and just integrate yourself in that and just feel that soak it up. Well, I think that's what makes volleyball a little bit different than other sports I've been a part of is Garrett. They probably didn't know who you are and they weren't going to ask questions, but there's like a little bit of a disconnect where like, I think if a former NHL player walks into a rec game, like everybody's got one eye on them and they kind of know like what's going on for volleyball. It's just kind of like, yeah, that guy was pretty good. Like they, they don't, they don't get starstruck or they don't even know the, the national team guys that could be, you know, 10 years retired and show up at their gym. So yeah. I think that just adds to the joy that they're not intimidated or like, uh, you know, starstruck by anybody. Yeah, I mean, thanks for pointing out that I nobody knew who I was there. I you mean, didn't wear like one of your old Canada jerseys or anything, did you? Like a beach jersey to this thing? I was thing, full or? in uniform, and they still didn't recognize me. You actually. wore your Western shorts. No, I, 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 I know you wore those Western shorts. No, I was fully incognito. I was like, I don't want anybody to know who I am. Like, I don't want anybody because ex- that's the thing. When I play rec, and I was talking about this last night, because like when I go and play rec, it is such a mental gymnastics exercise that like I think people. Like it's a hard thing for a lot of people to understand, but it was a kind of a huge mental challenge. And Simone, I'll encourage you to like go try it sometime in the future. Maybe not like while you're still in really great shape, maybe in like the five years when you start to feel like you're in bad shape. Like it's like in that period of time. That, that will never happen. Oh, nah, okay. You say that now. Um, <laughs> when when you're you're like, you're not in game shape. Like I'm not stepping out there and like, terrible fat lazy i'm like just i'm like I, my vert's a bit lower than it was like i'm not getting up as high as i used to but like if people know who you are there's expectations but when people don't yeah. know who you are it's all about what you show so like am i going to go out there and suck well no because then i'm the guy who's terrible and like everyone's like oh nobody wants to play with this guy because he's terrible but if i go out there and try my hardest like everybody else is like, cause everybody goes and yeah. tries their hardest. If I go out and try my hardest, now I'm the who came here and hustled everybody. And it's just like hurting people. Cause I accidentally hit somebody in the face. Like, I don't want to do that either. So it's like this fine line of like trying to be the right level of skill. So everybody has a good time, including yourself. And it's not so easy. You're saying you didn't crank it up to 10 just for our listeners. Like you don't pump your tires yeah. very often. I'll do this. When I was on the bench at York, we once yelled at our guy because they couldn't stop serving you, but it just turns out on float serves, you were passing half the court. Like you kept stealing balls from guys around you. So were you doing that at the rec league where you were passing the whole court, swinging outside, tooling the block? Like how high did you crank this up Garrett? Yeah. Like, so that's what I'm yeah. saying is like, I don't know how high should I have cranked it up? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> should I like, I don't know. I'm an adult. Like even if I try to turn it up to a hundred, I'll probably get to 80. I might make a few mistakes. Cause like I'm not a well-oiled machine anymore, but I can turn it up and down. Right. Like at least somewhat. So how hard do I go? Like, I, I, think I don't it's know good that you're that aware that their experience matters, that you don't want to be the guy who's like hitting somebody in the face or making sure their experience is pretty poor. Cause like you can ruin their night pretty quickly. I think. Well, so let me throw this uh, out I think there. The real question is how many yes guys celebrations did we get from Gareth? Zero. Absolutely zero. Simo. I can't oh. like absolutely zero. authentic to yourself, Garrett. That's terrible. Yeah. I hate hearing this. Part. Oh, oh. <laughs> to myself, probably 15. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a few to myself because like i don't know it's boring for me if i never make any good plays if i never do anything fun you know what i mean but it's also like i'm an if i do too many so like how hard is the right amount so i think i absolutely hit one soft straight down like inside the attack line and I saw I had to celebrate that one. I had to let everybody know that yeah, yeah, I could do that. And then it was like, okay, everybody knew, like, okay, this guy could turn it on, turn it down. But that was late in the night. I didn't want to do that too early and show the hand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but get this: I gotta let everybody know if you're listening and you play in a rec league, do not play six up. Do if you don't know what that means, I, I need to explain it to you. It is a terrible rec strategy for the reason that somebody's getting hit in the face. Like, if you have the player who's in the middle back, position six, they cannot be standing up by the attack line. That is like head getting hit central concussion risk. Do not do that. I'm thankful I didn't hit anybody in the head. So that's a win in my books. That's good because there would be lesser players, Garrett, who would tell them once not to stand there. And then if they stood there again, they would totally phaser one at them. So I'm glad you weren't that guy. I wasn't telling anybody to do anything, Josh. These are adults. Like I'm younger than these people. Are you going to go out there and be like, hey, get, get over there? Like, I don't know. It just feels like a total. Like, you would be if you're like, you got a slide on that. Did you not see like, What are you doing? Cover me. Like, you got to cover me. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be that guy. Do you want to be that guy? Like, no. I can totally see you be that guy. Oh, what? I, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you mean I, I, I'm capable of it? Or yeah, you, you, you could, yeah, exactly. You're oh. capable of it. Yeah, and I, I, I know you didn't do you it. That but, guy. Yeah. You were probably telling guys where they should have been and what they should be doing. Absolutely. I was that guy. My third and fourth years, it was like, I, you bet. <laughs> I'm bringing back some memory. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I remember, I, I think I might've told this story a few times, but like in practice, if I, and I don't know if some all you can relate, cause you were probably pretty dominant in the middle sometimes. Like you run the, I, you ran that step around too, right? That was pretty dead. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like if in practice you're in your later years, coach puts Jimmy, I'll say Jimmy rookie, but there's nothing wrong about being a rookie, but Jimmy rookie is a dumbass, right? So Jimmy dumbass is maybe a better term in the front row against you. And they're just not nowhere, anywhere near you. And you're getting one-on-ones the entire time. And you're in your fourth. I'm not getting any better. So I'm not yelling at them anymore. I'm yelling at my coach mid-practice. Hey, what are you doing putting this idiot across the net from me? Get somebody in here. I'm not getting any better. Which, I mean, was incredibly mean at the time. So I'm sorry to Jimmy Dumbass for, for saying that to you. But that, yeah, so I, I am capable of that. Yeah. Yeah, not my style, but uh Yeah, not your style. Speaking of your style, Samo, I wanted to bring this up. So speaking of love of the game, I'm curious your perspective on this, Josh, because I'll share a little story and Simone can chime in. There were a few years where I was on the beach national team, Simone was on the beach national team, neither of us had a partner or one of our partners was injured and the other guy didn't have a partner, or there was a lot of time, I feel like, where we were both flying solo. And a lot of practices, that meant we ended up getting paired together, right? I mean, it, yep. I, someone played left side, I played the right side. And so I was like, okay, you block, I'll defend. Like it just worked. And those were some of the most fun practices that, that I remember having. Like if, I, if I, maybe you can shed light on, some, on why, Simone, but they were just a blast every time. Yeah, well, well when you talk about like – the love of the game or when you don't have a partner and or no one that you're at practice for you and then you show up and then there's someone and then you just okay let's let's do this and then you just like a new team enjoy every moment every little thing that makes just practice great but 
I want to send flowers to Garrett, saying that Garrett is always a guy to bring a lot of intensity when you practice. So always felt like that teaming up with Garrett at practice would be easy because he would be fired up for every play, like or anything. So oh well, thanks, Mo. I remember. So I played with Dan Deering for a lot of years, and Dan could touch like eleven six in the sand. It was unbelievable. His block touch was like way up there, right? Huge. And then he was injured a lot though. So the times I'm paired up with Samoa and Samoa, like you're you're not a huge you weren't up at eleven six. What was your block touch at its peak? I think my best bike touch was or is eleven and I was a like block touch was probably 10, 10 or 10, 11. On the like sand? That. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm, from my perspective, my block is dropping by a significant amount. Yeah, it right? is a lot. But it just yeah. so happened that every time we played together, Samal, you got so many blocks. Like you were shutting everybody down when we were together. I don't know why, but it, I loved it. I was like, and I let everybody know, I was like, yeah, it's like just having so much fun because like Dan wasn't getting a ton of blocks all the time, but it seemed like every time I was with Samal, he was on fire. So, Josh, well, you know what? Yeah. My question yeah, is yeah. is there a place? for getting that and injecting it into the training environment for some of the exercise and mental stuff you have to kind of manage doing that sort of thing. Like, for example, I guess it worked well for Samoa and I, cause I think we were a good match, but like, imagine you purposefully take two people who you know are a bad match and say, Hey, like today you got to deal with this. Well, not enough people share secrets, but if you pay attention, the Dutchies do this quite a bit where they'll play like local events or CEVs with different partners. And we did it with our oh. summer guys. So we, we had like a 13 week summer program for a bunch of college university guys during the dog days around week seven, when we didn't have a competition that weekend, we, we partnered up with different guys just so they could, like you said, like just get re-energized. Maybe you like this guy, maybe it's more fun. It just changes the mood around practice. We did it deliberately. And I was actually really happy with how it worked. I haven't done it with like the next gen guys. I think hearing you guys express this and you're beating up on guys who are partners so you're probably like flying high being like oh this is easy but I, I think it does change the mood around practice and and Schachter told me when he told me the the Dutch national team does this either two, two things are going to happen one you're going to go back to your old partner and really miss them and you're going to appreciate how well they set you or you're just going to feel like you're you're playing with a young guy you're playing with an old guy you're playing with a new guy and it's just different and that can be a good feeling to practice too yeah I mean hopefully it doesn't lead to partnerships breaking up um but yeah like <laughs> And if you partner with somebody else and you dominate normal partnerships, like that's got to do a lot of rethinking around the entire room. Like those two partners, what am I doing with my actual guy when we're dominating together with this guy? Everybody else is going, what are we doing if they're dominating us like new partnership? Like I'm 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 pro those conversations 100 percent. Well, we do it at selection camp. Sim's usually a, a pretty sought after guy because at selection camp, we kind of shuffle the deck or move guys around. And and Sim usually has a good selection camp. I remember you and Mike Latinga were having more fun than anybody and definitely winning uh, that day. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, it's just fun to see guys play different sides, play with different guys. Uh, Mike and Sim getting matched together. It's funny because I think they're they're both full-time blockers their whole career and obviously had to figure it out on defense. Like they're just cool moments that come from it. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And well, the, one of the big words that you hear in sports is adaptability. Can you adapt to every situation or whatever? So that's why it's fun to, yeah, to shuffle around and, and just to see that, uh, like a big skill in beach volleyball is can you make your partner better? Can you help that person be a better player? So if you have that skill, then sure, you can put anyone beside you and, and do the job. Wow, I think that's a pretty. Am I being wise again? Yeah, it's like a pretty wholesome, just so positive wise. experience here on Sharp Cuts, and I, you know, it's really not our style. Like, I think I get uncomfortable when we get a little bit nice. Like, what are we being so nice to each other? Damn it! I'll I'll throw it. Well, no, I mean, I I have nothing bad to say about Simone because whenever we played together, it was great, and most of the time. I never lost to Simone, so I don't have many losses to like really hurt my feelings. There's a few out there, but like, there's no bad blood there. We got to get somebody on who's like who hates me or I hate them. All right. So, do we want to talk about the one you lost again? The one? <laughs> well, the one uh, that you remember. Which one do you remember? Yeah, I remember losing the national final to you and Hugo when I was playing with uh, James Baddison. That one. That one definitely hurt. Um, 
because it was a beautiful day and then game time rolled around tornado arrived and it changed the dynamic big time it definitely away from us <laughs> so how many national championships have you won simo two two yeah i mean yeah. like yeah. Is our national championship a joke? I have two as well. Like, when have we ever been the best players in Canada? Good question. Well, apparently four times. Player in Canada to win national. Yeah, apparently four times. <laughs> yeah, no. But I, I do, I do remember that that national in in, in North Bay, especially because you and and Daddy were just having so much fun the whole tournament. You were just scoring point, dancing, all the celebrating, everything. And I remember we won after and Vince Lagovico from Quebec when I after they said, Yeah, all right, there were not a lot of celebrating and dancing on this side. This is a good sign. No. It's funny about those two years. I maybe practiced a total of once for that yeah. those entire two years. And then the next year too. <laughs> so like it was a weird year for me so dancing if i ever won a point i felt like i deserved a massive celebration because i was not practicing josh does that just no i believe you does that just bother you you? like silver medal and gold medal in two years no practice makes me wonder what could have been garrett what could have been we got somebody in the peanut gallery saying yeah that's and i like i I, we don't appreciate i mean we kind of appreciate those comments on sharp cuts but not really yeah, like get out of here. Come on. <laughs> I, we got guys on the show who aren't chirping me hard. I'm getting chirped in my own home. Like, what is this? Sharp cuts. Hi, Maria. Gosh. Damn it. I can't escape it, Josh. I have sharp cuts for an hour with you, and then I hear about it for four hours after the program. This is your life now. Now that you moved out west, that's how things go out yep. there, I think. It's true. Now, do you think people at home after they listen to sharp cuts? are like continuing the conversation like do you think we're sparking any sort of discussion with people at home i would like to think so i, I don't know maybe the the if you lasted through the first 20 minutes of this one hopefully you have some opinions on where quebec ranks in, in U sports and in the ccaa i think that would be a good one i think we've we're, we're just having a good powwow talking about how we can connect the the rec community who loves the sport more than the national team guys and how we can just get some joy out of this so I don't know. I, I don't know. I think we've solved the issues, Garrett, that we just, everybody needs to go play rack and go find a gym on a Tuesday night and go have a blast. Absolutely. Like, have we solved that? Like we never do that. We never solve issues here on the show. Like, what are we doing? Like, and, and are there enough people in the Quebec province who are going to listen to this show and enough to like defend themselves? Probably not. We've had Sarah Jean on the show. Now we have Sim. Like, yeah. what other provincial icons do we need? Yeah, like Carl's not coming on the show now. What I've said. Who Maybe do we need Sean to get Sim come on? We <laughs> we need the entrance into the Quebec scene. Like, what do we need to do? Land. We got. Oh. Yeah, be interesting. If you want some uh, good conversation, if you bring Hugo on the show, that'd be that'd be a good one to to have. He gets excited and and things. That's the easiest guy to get mad on any like. Good topic. So, Sorry, uh, uh, Hugo. Who, Hugo, who? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Twenty sixteen. Do you remember? No, I don't actually. I, I got hammered that night and blacked out that entire day. So yeah, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I should have asked it like for the audience to cover that up. Like, oh yeah, audience doesn't know who. The, except probably everybody listening is like, oh yeah, we know who that guy is. We don't know who you are, Garrett, dumbass. Anyways, he'd be good. But would he help us? Would he help us bridge the gap? To because the, the Quebec crowd, like they love their beach, they love their indoor, like, but they don't like. I, I think I get it. it's a kind of a quiet, especially when we're speaking English, a quiet like. No, we're happy with what we've got. You guys can just mess around and do whatever you want. We're good. Like, is that a good assessment? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, people in Quebec, they like we have our beach tour, we have our indoor, and we do our stuff, and we don't really like. I don't think there's as much a rivalry as as Ontario and Canada West for indoor and, and so on. So, yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know. No, I want to maybe be. after this show, people from Quebec are going to be uh, more into into shop cuts. We'll no, nobody's That's listening. Right. Not not the tens of people that are listening to the show are just going to be 
Well, listen, if you're still listening, be a friend, tell a friend. I mean, we're trying to grow. We're trying to grow. The, hey, we got three subscribers this week on YouTube. I mean, like, it's a big week. You know what I mean? Like, I think that should say something about, uh, you know, we need help. And if you're still listening, I mean, you know, we absolutely need the help. Simone, this is really how the show goes, though, is like we just kind of lose steam and uh, and kind of get to this point. Is there anything you wanted to talk about? Sharp cuts you got left in you? Uh, I think I'm going to leave some for next time you invite me on the show. Oh, uh, idea. listen, yes. Oh. Nobody ever says that. Like, I think everybody expects this is going to be the last time they're on the show. So I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the desire to want to come back because most of the guests are like, no, I thought it was great. Yeah. And secretly they're That's saying, okay. yeah, it is terrible. I'm out of here. This is complete garbage. So Josh, we got to do something about that. All right. Any last sharp cuts from us for Simone? No, he's just one of the guys in the community. I hear his name and I smile. Just so many nice memories. He's so genuine, Gary. You can't hate this guy. This guy has no enemies in our sport. Hmm. Well, you know, we don't like to hear that on this show. Like we like to make enemies. You know, I forget. We came up with the show's motto a while ago. It was like, be deceitful uh anger and what was it we were talking i can't i can't even remember it, it, somebody came with like a really great like three-word philosophy and it's a sharp cuts one was like yeah be terrible be angry and be jealous or something well garrett for the next time you invite me on the show you have, you need to do your research find one of my enemy and then have it as a surprise guest on the show and see here we go See, you've already exposed a few problems in the sharp cuts formula with that suggestion because it is a good suggestion. I think it has two problems. Problem number one is research. Ain't nobody got time for research. What are you talking about? Like you think we know what we're talking about? Only kind of. And our fans know that. And that's why they turn out in droves. eh. Number two is that would require planning ahead for booking a guest. And Josh and I have established that um, that that is often a challenge for us to do, and it's going to likely continue to be a challenge. So listen, if you're still listening, hit us up in the comments. If you want to come on the show, you're welcome. Should we do an open call, Josh, like anybody's invited? I think we should, Garrett, because I think some people get a sense that they're like our last resort when I'm asking them the day of we're recording. But really, I'm just asking them the day we're recording because that's how we decide that we're going to do a show today. Yeah, like, do you think so that anybody you ask, like Simone, when Josh asked you to be on the show, were you thinking, oh, he wants to record tonight? Like, I must be a last resort. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I don't yeah. know. Maybe they don't. Some someone said no, and he needs uh needs someone for tonight. Yeah, that's and, absolutely yeah. true. Josh, do you want to though tell him how many people said no before we got to Simone? Well, I'm so defeated, Garrett, that I'll ask people. And as I'm thinking of like who else we can ask, I send that message because I know we're never going to end up with eight guests at a time. So I, I was one for seven today. I mean, that's not terrible. I mean, it's better than just Garrett and I having an episode. I'm glad uh, Simone had turned us down in the past. Garrett, I thought it was time to go back and, and see what we could make happen. But uh, yeah, there, there was a, a few rejections. You know, you got to pick yourself up. You got to keep moving. Okay, so open yeah, call. Josh, on, on your seven, how, how high was I rank on your priority list? Your top three. Top three for sure. Number I'll three. three. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, were num- you were number three. <laughs> top three. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I guess then what we're saying is open call for guests. If you are listening and you have our phone numbers, text us. If you have us on Instagram, message Josh, not me, because I will not read it. I don't, I don't have time for that stuff. What, how else can people contact us? Comment on the YouTube video. Yes. We yes. will see it. And we, if you're on the show, we will shout out your comment while you're on the show. It'll be amazing. Like, Sim, for context here, Garrett first asked me if we could get somebody who just played in World Tour Finals. Okay, I don't even know where in the world Sarah and Melissa are right now. Am I going to cold call some international players? So don't don't talk up this big game like he was our third pick overall. Garrett started the conversation with, like, World Tour Finals just happened. Who can we get from there? Like, uh, like Borg or Sude are just going to show up on the show? <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't, when you frame it like that, it makes Simon probably feel much worse about his top oh, three. It's got to make him 
feel better that like the expectations were way out of there. And I just thought, who would be a great guest? Simone. Bam. So Simone was your top three after Mel and Sarah. And Italy and Germany. and <laughs> Josh sent messages to all of them. <laughs> if, if I'm right after all the athletes that made the World Cup final, great. I'll yeah, Jake Gibb was busy tonight. He couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you hear back from Karch, Karai, Josh? Or uh... <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, a serious one. Your dad promised to sing on like our second episode ever. He absolutely did. My biological <laughs> father. Too, and nope. he hasn't delivered. But he <laughs> promised us. He, like, he was like, we, no, you want Sinjin? We're like, yes. Okay. We'll get him. And 32 episodes in. And listen, but we, we, Josh, we, we'd have to ask him last minute. It just wouldn't work. Right. Like we have to plan ahead for that. Oh yeah. How would that work? It wouldn't. All right. Simone, you've already busted some wisdom on us this episode with your thoughts about enjoyment of the game. Appreciate your perspective for a closing thought as we're reaching the end of this episode. And I know our listeners are not listening anymore. So this is just for us. Do you have any nuggets of wisdom for Josh Nickel and Garrett May, as we move forward on this adventure, that is Sharp Cuts. Uh, ooh. Well, I believe that this, this show has a good good potential. And you know what? Don't, don't hesitate to ask like, bigger names or people that just did something like impressive. And you'll never know because... Uh, see, when I mentioned that my, my trainer, GP Moisan, had Casey Patterson on an Instagram Live, I was just surprised. Like, how do they know each other? He said, oh, I just sent him a message. We talked a little bit and then asked him to do an Instagram Live. And he said, yes. And I was surprised and it worked. So why not? You don't want to be stuck with me next time. Well, yeah, you should ask the athlete that made the World Cup final. And maybe someone's going to say yes. And well, we weren't, we weren't stuck with you, Simone. I mean, you were our third out of seven. There were four people below you. We would have been stuck yes. with them. Thank goodness we were not. And they know who they are. They, they, they know, know who they are. <laughs> they got the message. And you know who you are. But encouraging us to ask, it's an interesting take for a guest to suggest that we go for better guests, which, which is probably the most heartfelt piece of advice we've ever gotten on this show. Thank you so much, Simon Facto Boutin. I mean, we appreciate it big time. Thank you so much for joining us the show. Josh, pleasure as always. And thank you to our listeners. If you're still listening, what are you doing? Get on with your life. Go play some volleyball. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.